How's it going, guys? I'm Zeke. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, episode two. Episode two. We made it. We made it. We somehow managed to get to the second episode. I know. We're, we're, we're on time and everything. Yeah. It was we're, pretty... up, we're up early. We've got our coffees. We do. We have a coffee. It's great. I got a, I got a Macca's coffee because that's all that's open today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This and is uh, the public holiday. For... Pu- this is the public holiday special following, edition episode. Following Australia Day. <laughs> yeah. We're still working. Yeah. We're still, uh, we're we're still, still... We're still up and about. Yeah. Nah. Um, yeah. Well, this has been a long week, hasn't it? God, it has. It feels like forever ago we did the first episode. Yeah, that was only a week ago. Yeah, which is crazy. But and we we got it on Spotify. We did. We, we did. didn't this... even we we didn't even know that when we were recording, did we? Well, no, you, you, you I still had an idea. Knew, you probably knew that we'll go for it. We're on Spotify, as you're probably yeah. listening. Most likely, this podcast is on Spotify. Um, I'd be week... pretty surprised if you found other <laughs> other ways to listen to it. This week on yeah. the show, we'll be going through our highlights of the mm. past week, Oscar nominations. Because um, that got dropped this week. Ooh, cheeky um, drop. Uh, the, the typical film career update. Uh, Jake will be giving an update on something. Oh, I don't know. Ooh, I got a, I got and a cheeky. The movie of the week is Alfonso Curon's Roma. Mm, which which both... was one of the best picture nominees. It's actually, I think it's what, among like the two highest nominated yep. films yep. this year. Got a best picture nomination, so winner at Golden Globes, yeah. best director. Won the Golden Lion. We, we, made, we made a good choice last week. <laughs> Started off with Actually, some... pretty decent landing, yeah. Yeah. I like, like that. From private life to that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, obviously, new what's new in cinemas this week, and uh, we'll then preview and tease what's next week on the show. We'll tell mm. you later in the show, all that stuff. Dun, dun, dun. So, highlights from the past week, Jake. <laughs> this week in cinema. So dumb joke. Um, this week <laughs> in cinema. Um, what were the what were the films that came in the last week? I I honestly I haven't I actually haven't seen much. I think Rome is actually the only film I've seen in the last mm, busy week. week for you. Very busy week. Um, doing disconnected stuff. Uh, by next episode, you will all have way more information on that film that I'm working on. So, Groovy. um, that's what I've been sacrificing that for. But I've seen Roma. Played a bit of games actually. Yeah. It's more of a gaming week for me. But you, you sir. I did. You watched, um, you watched a lot. So we're into as I previewed with the first 21 films last week <laughs> in the 365 film challenge from this week onwards i will be giving a weekly update and so in the last week um as i said in the last episode the film number 21 was wake and fright which is an australian remake of the film that well no no, it's the original the one that was remade a couple of years ago it was a telly movie came out okay um, on channel 10 uh, it was just a remake of the film Okay, um, I'm, I'm blanking all this. was pretty good. Um, interesting sort of like psychological drama mm. about sort of like the skewed mindset of ghost towns in the middle of desert Australia. Um, I went and saw How to Train Dragon 3. Right, because I this surprised me about you. That, what? Uh, months, months and months ago, we were talking about How to Train Your Dragon. You're a gigantic fan Huge of the series. Huge, Huge fan. fan. Huge fan. It surprised me because for me, it's like I watched the first one when I was like, a kid, yeah, with, like with my parents or whatever, and like, yeah. So I was, so I was, it was a yeah. So I was, well, I, I don't remember. I was, I was young. I don't remember if it was actually genuinely good or not. But it's, it's definitely you're a huge fan of this series. The I, I wrote it in my little review. It's DreamWorks' probably biggest intellectual property for the last ten years. That kind of makes sense, actually, because um, they've had three films with this one cast, and uh, they gross a lot of money. Um, and it was good. Like it wasn't, it, it wasn't as good as the second one, which was like the best. But it was still. Okay. Yeah. God, there are there are sequences in this fil- in that film where the animation it's just like we're getting to the point where I feel like three D animation is getting to the point of almost the same timelessness that two D animation has. Yeah. Um, from Disney and Dreamworks. I could see. It. I mean, it was bound to happen at a point. It's getting close. And it's, it start. It started obviously with Toy Story being the first. CGI feature. It started so strong. Yes, but the funny thing is, you look at, but if you watch the '95 Toy Story now, it probably is due for a remaster. Like the film be the exact same. But I've had, I've actually have heard this argument before. People have it, talked about it. It's this. a bit dated. It's dated, but like it's also the third one's probably the one where you're starting to be like, oh, I don't think we can physically improve this film visually anymore. I mean, there's there, there is always ways to do it, surely, but like. I, I don't know if I would want that. 
Oh, Especially, that's well, like old man you kicking in. It's old man. It's old man Jake kicking in. You know, oh, I'm like, I got what? I got like four or five months on you. Yeah, it's an old man Jake. No, but I think I think it is. You you go but to what Disney's doing now with all their um two D mm. animations, all their classics, and they're remaking them in live action. Yeah, you know? and it's like, well, what if they do CGI stuff in live action? No, that's fair. That's um, also uh, Inglorious Bastards. First time I saw it. Wow. Um, which is... Yeah. There's going to be a lot of films on here this week that other people saw and um, was a bit of a surprise that I saw some of these films. Right. So, um, Inglourious Bastards. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, did enjoy it. Not my favourite Tarantino film, but... Fair enough. Still pretty pretty solid. Um, solid entry. Oh, there's some enjoyable sequences on there, you know? Now, this, one, this next one surprised me. Oh, The watched. Mule. That you were not a fan of this at all. No. Probably my least favourite uh, Clint Eastwood film. You see, I was thinking about it on the ride here. Because my, my go-to with Clint Eastwood is Gran Torino. Love that film. That's so funny because that's like still a pretty old Clint Eastwood. That's like 80-year-old Clint yeah, Eastwood. Yeah, it's, like, it's still uh, like in the recent... Well, I mean like he's like newer director, directorial mm. stuff. Um, and I love that film. But then I started thinking, it's like, he directed American Sniper, eh? Yes. And he directed Sully. Yes. Which I've seen both those. And they're both... It's definitely it's definitely his style to have this sort of, um, you know, tribute to America in a lot of his mm. films. You know, Sully's an American hero. Um, I forget... I know his first name's Kyle, but I forget his surname in American style, but obviously based on the true, mm. you know, American hero. That's the thing. That's where he kind of gravitates towards. But this is um, a fictional story, I'm assuming. Yeah. He- I think so. Um, from what I, I'm pretty sure it was a fictional story, or it might have been based off a true story. Yeah. Um, it was strange. Okay. And it was very. It was. It was a film that. There were moments where you were laughing and you shouldn't have been laughing. Oh. Okay. Um, and yeah. I don't think I've ever had a clean Eastwood because I loved his movies. Like, yeah. I love Million Dollar Baby, um, which is film that he did about mm. 10 years ago that's um, right yeah um and i love i do love uh, i haven't seen grand torino um oh dude on your list right now but on, uh, i'll add it to the list add it to the list um <laughs> but can that be our subtitle yeah can that be add it to the list um that's hilarious and probably unforgiven is the one mm. his first film because okay. i'm a cowboy fan so right. it's like Watching old Clint, like a, an aging Clint Jeez, Eastwood, an oh aging boy. Morgan Freeman, be like these, right, like, right, right, right. these PTSD cowboys too, mm. which is fucking. <laughs> but, is that not right? Is that not right? Um, PTSD cowboys. PTSD cowboys. Oh, um, yes. It's good, it, but like the mule had a very forgettable. It had a very strange performance from uh, Clint Eastwood. I, mm. I know I. It's in cinemas right now, so obviously I'm not going to spoil it. Um, if you're a Clint Eastwood, cool. I don't know if fan. I want to see it though. I mean, we won't spoil it, but I think you should see it. Okay. Because there's a very good, like it, Clint Eastwood now ninety, right? So Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, he's a working class man. So you've got to give him credit for just doing a film like yeah. this. Um, That's insane. Um, the supporting cast: Michael Pena, Bradley Cooper. It's funny that Bradley Cooper got nominated for Best Supporting Actor because he's shithouse in this movie. For this but, film? Yeah. He's just boring. Really? He's just so generic, cardboard, cutout. Let me uh, let, uh, um, let me, let me uh, fact check this for you. Nah, yeah, well, I know you're right, but I want to I wanna well, actually... I want to see this in the article. Best Supporting, huh? I'm pretty sure he was... Oh, he's definitely nominated Best Supporting in Golden Globes. No, he's not here. Oh, uh... Okay, well, beg my pardon. There you go. Uh, ah, that's why we have fact the fact checked. That's why we have the fact checked. Fact checked. Um, I but, thought you were right though. Um, he was in Golden Globes. Okay. Nominated. Okay. Um, and he just gives a very, very like uninspiring performance, and Michael Pena doesn't do much better. Yeah. Um, and then the cast that crescendos down from there, um, they they just get worse and worse as the longer it goes down, and there's mm. some. It's just really, it's a, it's a strange film. Yeah. But. In contrast to The Mule, and probably it was actually right now, as of this challenge, the lowest scoring film in yeah. the challenge. It's five out of ten. Um, Arrival, mm. in which I think that's probably one of the best sci fi's of the last decade. Damn. 
Maybe even the 21st century. Right there, bomb dropped. So, But that's that, not surprising, because so many people love it. It's, honestly, it's... Because, uh, I mean, we know I'm a bit of a sucker for music and film. And I think, mm. you know, Denise Villeneuve has obviously taken an immense time with mm. beautiful, some beautiful string numbers and that, especially the opening and closing of the film. Mm. That final ten minutes of the film, your jaw is, like, at the floor. <laughs> Because, like, all these things are hitting you at once. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, I wasn't a huge fan of Amy Adams before this. And this film sold me you on Amy. I mean, love Jeremy Renner. Uh, I think he's great. You said you say the same thing about Emma Stone when we watched The Favourite. Favourite, yeah. I've had yeah. a lot of You're coming around all these actresses, man. Um, They're doing some good she stuff. She was amazing in this. She was just yeah. so perfect. Like, uh, it was just a, it's an amazing film. And it's like, I love films like like that that i get to watch them and have that first cinematic experience with that yeah. film followed it up with it with moon which mm. was another one i haven't seen sam rockwell doing a sam rockwell being <laughs> sam rockwell um uh, it's good it took him so long to get that um oscar yeah but like Best supporting a eh? yeah yeah that would be it but he's well good earned. well owned he's good it's a good film um another great sci-fi film much more smaller but mm does the job and is entertaining and he's great in it um awesome black mirror bandersnatch now this i watched i, this I is watched, your recommendation i watched like immediately it was my recommendation it, i still recommend it to everyone because it is such a interesting you, leap in film and I, I always said this that netflix was the perfect kind of outlet to try this experiment and black mirror is the perfect ip if you will absolutely to do this because it, it just fits so well but having said that, what do you what do you think? Um. Okay. So, uh, I I do. You have to give points to any sort of innovative cinema. Yeah. Uh. Uh. David Slade, who apparently like looking has done like not like he, it was he did Eclipse. Apparently, he did the Twilight Eclipse movie, and that's oh okay. Usually okay. the biggest thing I could see him. Doing. I don't remember anything about that. I've read and watched. I don't all even know which the... one that is. What's that? Is that's that the, the third? third. That would be the third one. Okay. That's the, I don't remember anything. It's the one... I know the first one's the first one. The second one's when... Here we go, we're talking about Twilight. When Edward leaves and Jacob gets a haircut and turns into a dog. And then the third one, something happens. And the fourth one, a baby is born. And then the fourth one, It's a CGI five, baby, right? CGI baby. Jack was sending us Snapchat so that yeah. the other day. Somebody got it on. And then the last one's where it's just a giant fake fight for 30 minutes. Ah, well... Anyway, it was an interesting... <laughs> I'm just going to get away from Twilight as quick as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't say it wasn't uh, an interesting experience. Mm. I personally don't know if I'll be returning to a film like this. Okay. Because I don't think it's a film. So it's not a passive experience watching it. Yeah, okay. So it feels like a live-action game. Yeah. Which obviously plays into its narrative too. Um, but when you're sitting there and... You know, you're watching it on Netflix, and I watched it on Xbox One, and the controller starts vibrating. Mm. You know, actually, yeah, I did too, because me and Nat watched it together, and we <clears throat> we were like had the Xbox controller like in between us, because you actually can't watch it on smart TVs. Or oh really? TV. Yeah, my mum tried to watch it on the TV, because um, we always have Netflix yeah, like, yeah. pre-installed, and it wouldn't let her. That's so it. You have to play it on like a laptop or a console or something. So it's it's kind of forcing you out of the movie yeah in a way and also because there's so many the whole idea is with these games at least in the last couple of years which have really become huge the telltale sort of style games yeah um well except for the fact telltale went bankrupt yes <laughs> yes oh, no. yes but uh like beforehand they were uh, a big they were a big deal they were and... they were pretty big deal well i've been playing the batman telltales lately yeah the last week well that's the narratives are great but exactly but yeah, they branch yeah. off but they also kind of keep a central theme yeah um whereas this film it takes a crazy fucking turn in the last 15 minutes does it though well it depends what ending well you get. that's it isn't it? it's all like it's it doesn't fit at the bottom line is i don't find myself immersed in the film okay um like it, film is about immersion in the sense of when you watch a film it's supposed to be a an experience in which you're taken on a journey and you don't really sounds like something we're going to be talking about later today I'm yeah teaser, um but uh, <laughs> like you're supposed to be taken on this journey and yeah. bandersnatch it puts you in the journey well it puts in you way. in the in the journey but it also takes you out of 
said journey because okay, the, the main okay. character you know he he's just basically your pawn and it obviously plays into the plot of the yeah. film um, quite literally yeah but it also doesn't make him relatable because obviously choices you do aren't things that you would normally do it like choosing a cereal for instance and it was like things like that i mean i mean that was like a fun little yeah obviously like a way to introduce audiences or choosing music doing it by choosing yeah choosing music choosing like seemingly like in, in important stuff um i don't know because i i feel like what you're saying is the meta narrative that's going on hurts the film i think it does i feel like it doesn't i feel like that actually helped me not not that it was otherwise going to be like oh i don't think this works it's more i feel like the the meta narrative helped me really i don't know get into it in the sense that you have you have this new medium of film very different from what audiences are used to and there's going to be a fair selection of people who don't know what it is and they're going to go into it very unaware and like we're, we're aware of it because we do play games and yeah like, and they they don't even use games as an example they use books they use adventure books we turn to random pages essentially mm. um as the the gateway for that kind of audience so from the from the perspective of that audience i can understand how those you know minor choices at the start mm. kind of ease them into the experience um and that the meta narrative because there's a point in the meta narrative and it depends i think we should just mention some spoiler yeah endings. because did you what ending did you essentially get or get to i fought the psychologist yeah same so see i fucking loved that though because at that point it's like okay this isn't trying to be that film experience it's having fun with this meta narrative it's having fun with the fact that you're in control and this shit's out of whack and all the <laughs> characters and that's why i think black mirror is the perfect ip for this black mirror can get away with that yeah i can i can definitely see that mm. um as a a foundation of of what they're trying to do with it yeah. it'll be interesting to see the direction in which it goes you know in the future in what, what this, me- this method of filmmaking this new yeah. method of filmmaking because we're obviously going to see probably quite a few maybe different black mirror specials at least yeah it depends um, how successful this is and it i'm guaranteed it's successful it's been successful definitely yeah. i reckon it's probably one of the most marketable things on probably Netflix, yeah, exactly well, it's, it's definitely not bird box successful in terms of viewership no that's all we'll say about that but um <laughs> no but um Oof. <laughs> it's it's fine bird box is fine i, I enjoyed it um i know I, I i actually think it worked really well but i think you're right it's definitely a selective taste and definitely you can't overdo it yes you, know, you can't kill the western by making a billion westerns in five minutes it that's like or in, it's, in today's but standards, it's good to see like it, i did give it i gave it points for just trying something new. exactly and it shot pretty well it shot like it's what, a good film kind yeah. of feels like it shot like a netflix film basically yeah but the fact that there's like five hours of that accumulative content is very impressive and i i'm initially when i saw that i was like that that's the season like we're not going to season of black mirror until next end of next year and they're like no we actually are doing that's another crazy. season it's only a little delayed that surprised me because I was like, "There's enough work in this film to get to warrant skipping a season." Essentially, I think it's something that if you want to watch, watch it with someone because you have oh, more absolutely. fun watching it with someone. You I watched it by it. yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. I watched it with Nat, and we had like, that, I think that's why we had such a fun time because we we're just having fun with it. Yeah, it's definitely more a group. I, I think most of those Telltale games are way more entertaining right. as, as as in a group sense. Um, I suppose uh, Telltale games like there's a lot of dark twisted stories in their life their batman stories are dark as shit and then the walking dead is dark as shit as well i don't know i i enjoy those experiences but i think you're right i think in black mirror's case watch it with a friend get a group together and then number number 28 was roma which we will be talking about later in the show about in a moment yeah but before then i do i do have a little surprise you do for you guys you have a little Um, surprise i have a little surprise so um instead of our uh update on our careers like we did last week and we're gonna you know, mm. kind of keep up to date i'll definitely have something to fill that gap next week that's good another, another little disconnected teaser for you there but in the meantime i actually i found this little thing on facebook before we get into our discussion of uh, our film of the week mm. um i found this little thing that i thought was quite funny and i want to i want to kind of run you through this quiz now this isn't very this isn't very serious 
is all fun and games. But basically, I found this gigantic little arrow chart where you basically, I ask you some questions, you mm. give me yes or no answers or of the such, and it determines what role you would be in a film set. Okay. So I'm not going to, that's what you're dealing with here. Right. So I'm not going to take this because I've already kind of looked at this in depth. Basically, I'm going to ask you questions based on this little quiz graph thing that I've got here. Right. And Episode I'll, 2, and we're having quizzes already. We're having quizzes, we're having a little fun quizzes. I'm not going to take this, but uh, Zeke, I'm going to get you to take this. Okay. Um, I'm, cool with, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so. Can't wait until I'm a sandwich maker. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite a, it's quite extensive, but uh, let's have fun. I feel like I've looked at it, I feel like I know some of the answers you're going to give, and it's going to pigeonhole you really quickly. So we're going to okay. have, I think we're going to get a bit creative at some point with it, but let's jump in. So, hello, Zeke. Hi, Jake. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I have a few questions for you. You have a few questions for me. Yeah, I feel like we're like a new part of the podcast. Do you appreciate money above all else? No. All right. Can you get excited about someone else's idea? You have three answers. Not really. Sure, but I'll make it mine, and I can fake it. Well, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a steep one. Um. Okay. Wait. So. Do you get excited about other people's ideas? Yeah. So, yes, as in yes, but I have to make a mine. No, and I can fake it. Still got half I guess I will have to say yes, but make it my own. Mm. But there should be a fourth option there, which says, yes, I can just, <laughs> <laughs> I can just enjoy someone's idea yeah, and yeah, passively exactly. go along with exactly. it. Exactly. I was, yeah, I was a little like the same there, but, um, Anyway, I don't like things. If I don't like something, I don't like. I'm it. actually glad you said that because that's actually one of the options that doesn't pigeonhole you very quickly. So, I'm okay. actually glad about that. Okay, so, do you have exceptional talent? I'm guessing it means actors. I thought it just meant like. Is it yes ego. or no? Uh, sorry, yes, it is yes or no. Okay, do I have exceptional talent? Yeah. In like. I'm so... guessing cast. Um, <laughs> every person who starred in your film is like you, son of a bitch. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a tricky one. I'll say uh, yes. No, no, yeah, okay. You made Norton happy because um, <laughs> I have to see some of them still. <laughs> I'll say uh, I, I'm a little okay. In in both situations, I think it would be just like there should be a middle answer there. Going like, yeah. It's, that's contextual but just, right. you see uh, the thing is I would if I, in that situation I would actually say yes as well yeah I would because have I, to say because yes. I do have very great talent yes. I just winked at the microphone <laughs> but anyway <laughs> so, okay. yes so you said yes all right um, I would agree with you on that having worked on a lot of your films thank, thank you um, all right so you said yes are you unknown and or female unknown yeah are you an unknown well, yeah yeah I'm an unknown okay you um, are, sir, an indie filmmaker. Oh, that's all right. That's pretty decent, eh? That's, I mean, that's literally what you are in this situation like right now. So I pretty much hit the hit, hit the, the nail on the head. There. That's good. Um, um I want to. I want to. Before we move on, I do want to do one thing. So let's go back to the very beginning. It's like Bandersnatch. Oh yeah, Remember Bandersnatch. Oh, that all was right. like so really good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we intended this. <laughs> we intended this fully. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the very beginning because I want to I want to get you on this side of the graph, which has way more interesting questions. Okay. Um, do you appreciate money or else? So you have to say yes now. Yeah, I'd say yes. So with that in mind, I mean, like ideally, I think we all to it to an extent. We would all like a budget, sure. We'd like money. Yes, we'd like to. We'd like hopefully our occupation that we want to do. We'd like to be paid for our occupation. Yeah. But um, I think I think we've proven that money is not the most important thing. No, in a film budget, it 100%. really isn't. Yeah, seeing as the films we made together have had budgets in less the, than in fifty dollars, less than fifty dollars yeah. exactly, two digit budgets. Yeah, and people love it. So a lot of pulling strings, but <laughs> but still technically less than. $50. Well, like it's obviously unrealistic in a big budget film, or like when you're dealing with like. You know, big higher ups, proper actors. You need money. You know that kind of thing. Not that they're not proper actors, but you know, people who can demand a certain price. Let's say that. Um, but I completely agree with you. That is not the most important aspect of the film. So leading into that, do you actually have money? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, there you go. That's you. That was quick. I'm a dairy owner. Nice. Yep. 
That's so brutal. <laughs> so let's say for argument's sake, like, I have brutal. money. Yeah. And if you actually, I just realized this is actually, no, this is even a bigger project. Because if you said yes, you would just be a studio head. And that's it. Oh, so it's like kind of run through a wall. Yeah, I thought, I thought, because it was on the right side of the page, I thought it like led to all these other ones down here, but it doesn't. Fair right. enough. All right, we're going to do one more round. All right. But this time. Do you want to do one? Yeah, okay, you direct me. But for the thing is, I kind of know where I'm going to end up. I'm going to be in a similar situation this year. Well, let's go with... Actually, yeah, just put me somewhere. So you don't appreciate money. We know I that not. one. Can you get excited about someone else's idea? Yes. Okay. But I'll make it my own. Okay. <laughs> but see, I'm going to end up in the same kind of position as you now. Okay, what if you say, let's say you fake it. Because okay. we know people that can fake it. <laughs> um, Actually, yeah, okay, let's go with that. Uh, are you visually orientated? As in, like, I prioritise the cinematography? It's, it yeah. sounds like it, yeah. I'm going to say yes. Do you like polishing a turd? <laughs> <laughs> no. Fuck that. Are you a baby face and or female? Hmm. Would you sound baby face? I would actually say you're kind of baby face. Okay. If you don't shave... You kind of go back to a baby face. I was going to shave last night, but I couldn't do stuff. Look, and you do shave quite a bit. You're not like a... Often, yeah. Well, it's because my beard's pathetic. You can call me mm. baby face. Let's go with Let's that. Let's go with that. All right. Mm. Do you want to be told what to do? No. Do you I don't secretly mind want to direct? Yes, or it's not a secret? It's not a secret. There you go. You're an art director. Ah... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, it was that a wardrobe? Okay, yeah. I'll t- <laughs> <laughs> that actually kind of makes sense because then if you get told what to do, it's wardrobe part. Okay, yeah, okay, I can understand that. I'm, I'm definitely between the big seven, you know, in terms of writing, directing, editing, cinematography, um, producing, mm. production design, and what's the one I'm missing? It's another big one I'm missing. Are you cinematography? Yeah, so cinematography. Producing, directing. Editing, writing, screenwriter, screenwriter. Yeah. editing, sound, sound. That's it. Uh, between all of those, production design is definitely my or art design is definitely my least experienced, least preferred. Yeah, like I've written, I've directed, I've shot, I've produced, I've done sound and home again. Yes. Um, maybe it's the next yeah. one on the Jake. Yeah, no, that's list. true. We do have we do have a tune on the song. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point, actually. Okay, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Now we'll move to our movie of the week, which is Roma. Mm. 2018, Netflix. 2018. Currently on Netflix and directed by Alfonso Cuaron. I'm so sorry. I'll be getting a lot of these names wrong <laughs> in the second half of the show. <laughs> Roma is from Academy Award winner Alfonso Cuaron, um, who was the director of Gravity and Children of Men. And this film is written, directed, and shot mm. by Alfonso Cuaron. That surprised um, me. The film follows a year in the life of a family made Cleo in Mexico City in the 1970s. All right, so Cleo is a housekeeper working for a wealthy family. She spends her days tending to their four children. Uh, I hope I get these names right. So Pep, Sophie, Paco, and uh, Tono. I'm sorry too. Taking care of the dogs, cleaning the house, and she has a close uh, friendship with Adela, the other housekeeper, and there is tension between uh, Antonio, the uh, doctor and the head of the household, and his wife, Sophia. Cool. Don't know that. Bit of coordinated, oh, yeah, uh, no, coordinated building to the film. Nice. Yeah, doing a little, doing a little reading there. No, it was good stuff, Jake. It was good oh, stuff. Thank you. Cheers. Um, coffee, cheers, coffee, cheers, cheers. Cheers, bud. Um, yeah, so as I said before... Um, Alfonso Cuaron, director behind Gravity and Children of Men. Both films we've both seen. I've seen Gravity. I have not seen Children of Men. Wowzers. Um, I feel I, like I said that last week. You might have. You might have. Um, it's just such a crazy thing to not see Children of Men, I guess. I remember I, it was a very specific moment. I was so dead set on watching at one point, but I, I looked up the Netflix little time code, how long it was, and I literally did not have time to watch it in one sitting. And I was like... It's a pretty short soon. film, actually. It's not super long. I think it's only an hour it, and 40 minutes. No, it's over two hours, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, okay. Fair I think cool. so. But I remember specifically being like, I need to watch this in one sitting. I can't. What's Clive Owen through. been doing? <laughs> actually, <laughs> what's, 
he been doing recently? I don't know. But he also he also directed Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban, the best Harry Potter film. He did. Ever, um, ever this done. film has won Best Director at the Golden Globes. Good. Uh, won the Golden Lion, which is the most coveted prize at mm. the Venice Film Festival. Um, so it's basically pretty critically acclaimed and, and just got nominated. Just got nominated. You know, I'm so happy about that, that we picked this film. Yeah. And then it gets... Right next, alongside the favorite as like one of the highest nominated films. Yeah, we've actually done pretty. Well. It was funny looking back at the good Oscar. Some picks. I think when you whipped out the Oscar list, what was nominated for best picture? Mm. I've seen all but one of them. I yeah, think. Uh, when I, when they first came up, I read it. I've seen five out of eight of them. Now I've seen Rome as well, so I think six out of eight. That's probably the most Oscar films I've, I've seen. seen any. Yeah, yeah in, in when they got announced, that's insane. I think it's this Green Book. Green Book, which I'm going to see next week. Yeah, I want to see that. Uh, we should watch it together. We should. Um, and I'm looking at the wrong list. It was Green Book, and I can't remember the other one. But so obviously there's uh, Black Panther, Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, A Star Is Born, and Roma, which we've seen all of those. Oh, and Vice. And Vice, you've seen Vice. Oh, that's it. I've seen all but Green Book. Wow, that's there the we first go. year I, I might do all eight films. There you go. The well, I, I need to see Vice and Green Book, so we'll watch Green Book together. Yes. And then I'll catch Vice whenever. But you but, really you really enjoyed Vice. I did. There are bits in Vice I love. Yeah. There are bits in Vice I don't love. Mm. Um, I think he's We're the director. Good this year. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the director behind uh, The Big Short. And I mm. preferred The Big Short over Vice. I wasn't even a huge fan of The Big Short. Okay, uh, see, it's you know, it's funny talking about Bandersnatch because the big short and vice are huge genre convention breakers. Yeah, exactly. They are like, like, Roma not, everyone. not to spoil vice because it's still in cinemas, but yeah. there is one scene in the middle of the film where there's a credits roll. Like, wow, okay. Like, in the middle of the film, it does that thing where it goes, Oh, and Dick Cheney went on to have a lovely house. It's a joke, <laughs> it's all for like a joke. And there's like they're playing with like golden retrievers. There's and like great, the there's great political satire, satire in in his films. Mm. Oh, I do love that. Some of it's just such a jump that I need to get used to. I, I, I thought this one was a too short. too much in parts, gotcha. and I, especially because it takes away from how great Christian Bale's performance is in this. Yeah, and Amy Adams too. She's in that too, and she does pretty great. Um, and yeah, uh, pretty much the entire cast does a really good job in that film. But anyway. Yeah, back, back to Roma. Back to Roma, the film we're actually talking about. So uh, neither of us actually know what we think about it. You caught it on Saturday, was it? N- yes. Yeah, and I, 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 I really pushed my bounds. I, I was up till 2, 2 in the morning watching, Roma. Getting, the, getting the film in my... You did I, your homework, though. You I did, I did my assignment I did, on time. I, did, I know, I did it. I did it in time, and I, I hope I got a distinction. Yeah, HD. we'll find out. We'll, yeah, we'll, find find, out. we'll find out. What's it about again? Let's, <laughs> let's start with first impressions. First impressions. You've got one sentence. Did you like Roma, and why? Okay, um, I really I enjoyed Roma. I thought it was a great picture. Um, that being said, great picture. I think the cinematography, and this is why it's so fascinating that he wrote and directed it, but also did the cinematography, which is not very common, because the cinematography is so far above everything else this film does. Yes. To the point where, if it wasn't for that cinematography, this would be a decent film at best. And I think every single scene, and I love the se- segment that we have at the end, our favorite highlight scenes. The highlight scene. Every single scene I thought oh, about being our, hi- our highlight reel is to do with the cinematography. Yes. And I think, not to, dis- not to dismay any of any of the other aspects of this film, but I think the cinematography is just so far ahead of what everything else is doing. And that that deserves Best Cinematography Oscar. And I'll be fine if it doesn't win anything else. Okay. But I enjoyed the film. So... I also enjoyed the film. I also agree the cinematography is holy camoly. Sometimes <laughs> there are some Oh, it's incredible. Just, there are just but I do think the performance by and you're not gonna believe this, um I'm gonna I'm so sorry for these names. Yeah, I know. Um we're gonna struggle here. Yelitsa White Boys. Apasio, the the Cleo. Yep. That's her first ever film. Yeah, I saw that this morning. Um, Netflix uh, <laughs> pushing this film hard, and they, they wrote a, like a little article about her. And, and yeah, she was a she... school teacher. That's great. And then this was her first. What was which? Yeah, you're right. Blew my mind. I was like, I was looking into it. A lot of them, even the littler kids, a lot of them, their first yeah. ever film. 
And the kids, they stand They're out good. in this film. They're good Even kids. little kids, they, yeah. they don't overdo it. They're just kids. It's and very natural. It's very natural. The chaoticness of that family, the dynamic and the performance on screen. The film is from the opening um, seg, like the opening the title cards, shot, yeah. where it's just the water running through yeah. and then it slowly pans up. And and the first shot goes for, I wrote it down. Um, yeah, how long was that? That was a while. Four minutes 52 or something. Wow. Um, so. That is balls in a hole. Any, most films, they try and get everything out in that time. Yeah. Everything. And I'm liking that a film like this, which is situated around the 1970s, takes the time to kind of make it feel like... It's funny, we talked about The Favourite, how raw and real The Favourite felt. Mm. This film feels like it's in the same league of yeah. raw realness. Um, in terms of his, his, the historical yeah, well, it's like, it? well, Yeah, because like, it does. It feels like in the we're watching a film from the 1970s. Yeah. With the opening title card going for five minutes, where yeah, back in the seventies yeah. there used to be a lot All the of the credits would be at the front, right at the front, exactly. Loaded, yeah. um, so they're like, basically, obviously, Caron's looked at this and gone, "I want to make a film that feels like it came out, like it was about a woman in nineteen sixty nine, and it came out in nineteen seventy. Yeah, you're no, I think you're absolutely right. Even the pacing of it, it's such a gradual, slow mm-hmm. pace, um, and it doesn't, t- it doesn't try too hard to grab your attention. And again, that's holding the cinematography, but I think you're right. That's a reflection of those older films. I would, I would also say, it's a case of cinematography, mm-hmm. um, but I would also give massive credit to the soundtrack because some of the sound that they convey okay. in this film, um, in some scenes, which kind of goes under the. Are you talking about the like the aesthetic? sound of no no the musical score the actual the musical score so there's some there's some pretty cool diegetic and non-diegetic merging um in particular I, I was watching the film thinking was there even any non-diegetic music at all because i didn't even remember i guess there, there probably being. isn't but it feels okay. sometimes like some yeah it's pretty diegetic most of it actually to yeah. be honest i'm just trying to think of it's the such dry the big one uh, yeah. big one the first time i saw it and i was just like this is just so clever was the introduction to Antonio. Yes, that uh, that scene. Holy shit. I and the classical... The, the classical... The car coming they, in. They're obviously, as we've said before, there'll be spoilers, but this film, it's not a twisty film. It's, it's not, not a very like, twisty, plot-heavy film. I, the, I definitely... I remember going to sit down. I actually watched this with my mum as mm. well, um, which was great because... Um, Obviously, she has a lot to say. Uh, I mean, she can speak Portuguese, so a lot of the kind of language and kind of the the. So even though it's in Mexico, um, mum could relate to a lot of kind of the the family dynamics uh, in a Portuguese household. Yes, and especially the stories that her mum would have told her about uh, like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties Portugal, and how similar and accurate a lot of that stuff was. Absolutely. Um, I forgot what I was. Like it has like a degree of relatability. It's definitely a huge degree but of relatability, but oh, I was going from the fact that I didn't want to know anything going into it. No. And um yeah. It definitely feels like and it comes back to like telling a story and telling like an showing an aspect of life that you may not have seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a film that I think like like Bandersnatch, which you talked about earlier, kind of takes you out of that because this film grabs you very immersive because you want to know what's going to happen because you know there are revelations that happen in her life you know mm. um there are scenes like the introduction to antonio where it's like he didn't have to he barely says anything in the first 40 minutes of the film the yeah. husband and much, he's yeah, never actually the only time you see him with his kids are when he's either just about to enter the house or mm. he's just about to leave the house right well, there was there was the one scene they were watching TV together. Yes, shortly after he arrives home. Um, but that's like the one. That's like the one time. But it's like, yeah, and that farewell. Like, I love his introduction, and they're awaiting for him, and he is taking. It's drawn out over the course of I think three or four minutes. Him pulling into that driveway. That yeah, I love that. Scene and it's so all, much. but it feels like yeah, he's taking every moment to avoid going back to his family. Right. And well. It's fascinating you say that because that obviously is much more accurate. Because the, re- the what I thought the first one because that's obviously our introduction, and I think that's like one of the best character introductions. Even though he's not a huge 
part no, of the story. But he does ultimately. shape some big parts. Of the he story. shapes a lot of the story, but he's not. He doesn't have a lot of screen presence or screen time. But I thought that was one of the best character intros I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, an introduction to a character because we know where he sits um, with this family who have been sitting at the the foot of the driveway mm. for ages waiting for him, and he is taking every moment to just stay in that car because he does yeah. not want it. And as soon as he sees the family, within 30 seconds, he's in the house and he's just shut it. He's like, hi, how's it going? I'll see you later. I'm and it's funny because, like, I was tricked by that scene because what I took away from that scene was that... I See, I was. it took me a little while to wrap together, like, which characters knew because I had no clue going into it. So I was like, okay, okay, so this is clearly the housekeeper. This is this is this family. This is Sophia, the mother. This is the kids. Um... So when the dad was pulling in, uh, in my head, I thought it was an introduction to his character saying that he's patient, and that's why they were kind of in this big rich house. Before mm. I found out he was a doctor, I thought that it commented on his character having patience that earned them this big mm-hmm. house in like an otherwise very poverty-looking area. Yeah, And I think you were way more on the money with what ended up being the case because he just leaves immediately. Especially, but yeah. I, I, I remember that's how it tricked me, that scene. And and in contrast, about 10, 15 minutes later, his farewell mm. between him and the character of uh, Sophia um, yep. and how she just jumps on him, basically, as he's oh, getting in the right. car. Yeah, that's right. And there's no words being expressed, but you know exactly what's going on yeah. here. She, she is like slowly falling apart yeah um she lives with her mum who like the grandma who's that's right her, yeah, yeah and yeah. they have like the best part is a lot of sophia's story because the, the complete focus on cleo yeah um like she is completely clear story in her point of view but it's also the people around her and we often there's amazing bits that curon's done with his cinematography that sophia will go and talk to mario who's um, um antonio's like Last, he's the, well, the doctor's in the hospital when Cleo goes gotcha, to get gotcha, checked yeah, up, yeah. and she's talking about you need you need to talk to Antonio. He's neglecting us, but mm. it's like off to the right hand side, and we're following yeah, Cleo. Yeah. But that's happening over there. There's so this, it's, um, not not even environmental storytelling, but like there's this all this storytelling going around. Yeah, with these other characters. I mean, it's totally from Cleo's perspective. Yet we're getting this story, and and it, and it makes sense because she's a housekeeper. Yeah. So, so she she's it. attending to all these people, mm-hmm. it's, so it makes sense. Yeah. It's clever. It's like well thought out. Like the bit at uh, New Year's Eve mm. when she goes and um, you know at this point Cleo's found out that she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, not a, not a big spoiler. It's kind really of a big the, spoiler. Yeah. Sort of the center point of the year of basically yeah. what her year is cultivating towards. Um, but she's pregnant. Um, and she goes down and hangs out with all of the other maids and, and groundskeepers uh, mm. at New Year's Eve. And it's amazing. It's just so clever. Like little things like when she was doing the toast with one of her old yep, friends yep, yep, yep. and the person knocks the drink out yeah. of her hand just as she's about to drink it. And then it just shows a shot of the broken glass, mm. almost like we have this foreboding sense of the dread that the next year is going to bring. Is it, is it all going to fall apart or something? It's a very it's a very clever film, yep. especially. And yeah, sure. as she's going back to the main house, she then catches Sophia, and one of the guys is trying to seduce her. That's right. And yeah. I love that scene because it would have been the easy way to go, oh, well, now she's going to have an affair. Mm. But Sophia's character immediately goes, no, that's a bad no. Yeah. Like, and that, like, that's, that sort of there is like, when we, we find it, like, it feels more real sometimes, because it's like, she loves her husband, but yeah. she misses her husband, and she's kind of falling apart without her husband, and, and that, she feels neglected, yeah. and vulnerable, but she's not at the point where she's like, oh, I'm going to throw away, because I have four kids, and... Well, that's the thing, because I think she's so established quite early on that she's this, you know, very strong character who's going to stick to what she's been doing all these years which is like she's still devoted to her husband she's still devoted to her kids she's going to have these moments of lashing out and anger and she's going to accidentally you know slap one of her kids at some point and that kind of stuff but um you're right it's 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 these things you see you see she has this opportunity for an affair and she immediately puts it down um i think these things do show that it's it's a respectable trait yeah yeah but it's but it feels more like He's like I said, he's taking this camera, and it almost feels like we're just seeing this aspect of 
this person's life and the people around them. Yeah. And it's things don't happen for drama's sake. Oh, absolutely. They it's just, so on a grounded level. Yeah. And everything feels so naturally done. One of one of um the scenes where I first felt this groundedness in that sort of like you're pretty much just seeing Cleo's life for the yeah. life, for a year. And it's that scene when she goes on the date with um, God, I can't remember his name. Um, I wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, uh, Furman. Oh, that yeah, Furman. it is Furman. That's it. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes and grabs the shower pole, and he's completely naked. Yeah, that's and, what I was gonna name. I was gonna name him like Dick Dancer or something like that. Yeah, and he does a <laughs> does sort of like a like the karate, which then plays later into the yeah, film. Yeah, that's how she does, um, Yeah, but it's a funny thing because although it that, seems a bit quirky and weird. You know, when you're, you know, sexually active yeah, with exactly. someone, and you're both just hanging out. That's what she has. That's her romantic life right there. Yeah. <laughs> There's this guy who is a little bit intense, but then he also, the scene that starts off quite funny goes into quite a turn when he starts to talk about his drug abuse and how right, yeah, karate yeah. Has, saved his, has saved his life. Yeah. Because it's given him a drive, and there's, like, that moment of sincerity, but then it's met immediately with, when she reveals running. she's pregnant to him and him and running just, away. So it almost ends, feels yeah. like he's full of shit. Yeah. But, like, it's... I it, found that scene incredibly offensive because as soon as the credits in the movie theater start rolling, they immediately close the curtain. <laughs> you can't read the credits. No. That's a, that's a pretty... Whoever runs that theater company, man, I, I, I hope you're I hope you're shut down. The, the funny <laughs> thing about that, that shot is how long that shot holds for. Yeah, oh, God. There are so... Yeah, there's so many moments like that where it just... It holds for so long, mm. and that that one in particular is a it's a tripod shot. It, yeah, it just feels it's, pretty again. It's like another four minute scene, you know, right there. But it's so perfect. Yeah, there's no slowly enclosing in for dramatic effect. He's very much like we're a fly on the wall in this theatre. We're yeah. watching this conversation happen. We're watching the uncomfortable thing that ensues when he goes, oh, "I'm just going to the bathroom." Yeah, exactly. And then she sits there as people are starting to file out. And yeah. she's still waiting and waiting, and you're just like, oh my god! Like, There's not even like that sense of tension, like we talked about it in Private Life last week, where it's a very similar film in the sense that you do feel like a fly on the wall. Yeah, and you're watching these, but it's obviously a very different kind of culture and a different situation. You know, now in uh, 1970s Mexico, but I think this this just has a different feel to it because you can almost predict what's going to happen. As opposed to Private Life, there's certain moments where a camera holds, and you're like. God, I hope this certain thing mm. happens. And in this one, you know from the get go, like he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're 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 kind of in your seat, kind of squirming a little bit because it's like, what if you did see this happen? And yeah, like, exactly. You were three rows back and you heard this conversation. That's a good point. It feels like you're in the back seat of the theater. Yeah, you can see this conversation. And you happening. see in the foreground, you see couples cuddling. Yeah, and like and this heavy conversation, which yeah. is something that I like about the film where it feels like it does. It feels like you're in that world and you're seeing these things and these these conversations when you sit in a theatre, there's a good chance that we've sat in a theatre at some point and a conversation like along that happened. line has yeah. happened. I remember watching um Spider Man Homecoming and I turned to my right and it looked like someone was <laughs> doing doing something very naughty in the ah. back seat. Movie hadn't even started yet. Jeez, and <laughs> homecoming? Like that's <laughs> That's like, come on. Of all the Spider-Man films. Yeah, like, no, the one that's the most... The most <laughs> I don't know. Just the that idea... That was so random, eh? It, was, yeah. it did not look very... It, was oh. a very... it might just be the angle. Okay, well, we might as well break into highlight scenes. Um, okay. Is there any? Is there anything else you want to talk about, though? No, oh, I think we've covered some... a pretty gisty sort of... The film... Uh, I, I, I definitely want to talk a bit about some of the highlight scenes that yep, I've yep, got yep. Um, in pretty detail. Um, yeah. For example... Um, one of the scenes I've, I've talked about two of them all, all three uh, that I have listed here but there was one I loved um, and I, it felt borderline like a fourth wall break um, you okay. might know which one I'm talking about uh, New Year's Eve Bushfire and the Boogeyman oh, oh my God. slowly breaks to the front of the frame I had four scenes in mind and that's the fifth one right there like, yeah. oh my god and he starts to sing now obviously I don't know what he was singing about because there's no subtitles for yeah. the song. Oh, that's a good point. Um, but it almost feels very fourth wall break. 
because he's like looking slightly away from the camera he's looking at the fire and he's kind of just singing and he's obviously quite inebriated so he's kind of not really got the gist of what's going on but it felt very much like the next the year was the year to come for our like our main main characters especially cleo and obviously the family it's unknown and to start the year off with a disaster basically is almost like this real scary uh, that entire new year's eve sequence at night definitely felt like oh i hope the next half of this film isn't going to like suck a punch me a couple of times you see i'm glad you mentioned it because that's such a great thing i didn't get that vibe at all in terms of breaking the fourth wall Okay. Because it, it, it felt... It's a very... It's an incredibly immersive film. Yeah. Which I really appreciate. Um, gorgeous film. Gorgeous film. That, like, that, it's that very entire shot, shot is just yeah. beautiful. I, there's not one shot in this film that doesn't fascinate me. Yeah. That's the thing. And this film, it would be snubbed if it didn't win Best Cinematography. And like I said, I could live with it not winning any other awards, but Best Cinematography, easily. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so fascinated that it was Alfonso mm. who actually did it, as well as Ryan Dre. Is this his first cinematography gig? I don't know. Um, I think it might be worth looking at, because holy shit, is all I have to say. I mean, was he incredible. clearly has an eye for it, because he's expressed that in Gravity and Children of Men already. That's a good point, So yeah. even if he wasn't the cinematographer, clearly these shots, as from a director's point of view, he would have had to have a hand in it at some point. You know? Oh, absolutely. He would absolutely. have had to express what he wanted from the shot. So it's um, it's possible is what we're kind of saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, unless we're silly and he actually does this more often than we realise. Probably. Uh, what about you? What's uh, what's one that's come off the top of... Um, what's one uh, shot that kind of resonated with you? Okay. Well, it's definitely... Sorry, I'm bringing it up. Mm. Yeah, he did do Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> but, so like I said, there's a lot of scenes. So um, that scene for starters, you mentioned uh, the car scene. Or when, when he's, uh, how am I forgetting his oh, name? He's, Antonio. He's when he's, or or when arriving. He's, when he's arriving, he's parking the car. I think, I honestly, I do think that is my favourite scene. Mm. But we have talked about that already. Yes. Um, and I think, I think the scene at the beach at the end, spoilers, sort of spoilers, when she saves the kids yes. from drowning, um, that is a great, and again, the cinematography just elevates it so high. I think the scene I do want to talk about, though, is when she eventually does give birth yes. to... Is it, to a, is it a stillborn? That'd be the term? Yes. Yeah. She gives birth to a stillborn. Um, and again, it's elevated by the cinematography, like the kind of the one-shot wonder um, that it holds for so long that you just kind of see everything happen in real time, even though it's fast, but it's in real time. And that... that I mean, it's a heartbreaking scene. Yeah, no, right it there because it's like old, you know, all these mumps and everything that's come up, and then it's just literally for nothing. Baby comes out, he's already dead, essentially. Just and a there's doll. a there's a lot of um, really scary sort of um, hmm. for like like foreshadowing in the film. Um, like for example, I brought up the New Year's Eve uh, toast, which felt a bit uncomfortable. The fire, right. or even more on the nose the earthquake and the maternal ward and like oh oh my god yes yeah um when she's sitting there looking at all the babies yeah oh and fuck. the earthquake drops and it just shatters like it yeah. just like i don't think it destroys the the hub but the, the it doesn't if you look in the reflection because you can see through the reflection i it actually does look like that something falls off the roof and actually does land on one of the one of the babies. Pretty brutal. It's insane. Um, but it's definitely. Oh God, that was incredible. Laying groundworks without saying anything. So when the when the shot comes out, you can look back and be like, "Well, no, he was trying to tell us in a way where this was going." Yeah. Through multiple sort of like. Ah. Uh, yeah. You're, yeah, you're right. There's way more foreshadow than I would have like picked up on. Yeah, but I think that's the best yeah. part. He definitely takes a show not tell approach oh absolutely which it's not for everyone some people find it incredibly frustrating but some people really enjoy it too yeah. so it's it's it you know it's it depends on the style of film but this film it showcases and it, it really goes to really point out how great the cinematography is yeah and how every shot has meaning or purpose or holds enough to see more than just what we want to see yeah it's also what we didn't think we wanted to see and we see it so god it's it's a it's an absolutely fascinating film 
A um, couple of little quick points before we move on. Uh, my mum, and again, I watched this with her, um, she was actually um, a newborn baby during an earthquake in hospital once. Wow. If, I'm, if I recall correctly. That's going to that's gonna have like a bit of a interesting moment yeah. what saying that scene would have yeah. been like. I mean, I, I'm, I believe she was in much safer hands at that point. Yeah. Although that would have technically been before the 70s, so there you go. It was also in western australia <laughs> not in mexico yeah, cool. probably, um, probably a little safer infrastructure a little wise. safer but um, that, that is a fun fact that I, if i could recall correctly that's what mm. happened and also by the looks of it, it it looks like it was his first gig as a cinematographer that is crazy because i'm looking at his filmography here and it's got the little grid where he uh, director writer producer editor and it's got the yes no yes no there's no category for cinematographer but in the notes it the only one that mentions him as a cinematographer is roma Okay. You got any other highlights of interest? Um, not really. He's working on... He is writing and producing a film in the near future called A Boy and His Shoe. Ooh. It's a great title. I love that title. It's an intriguing title. Yeah. My, He's I a busy one boy. More. Look at this. He directs, writes, produces, and edits so he doesn't a lot sleep. of his film. <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> sleep. Um, exactly. I have one more scene that I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, the scene when um, Cleo is with I think it's Pepe, the youngest boy, um, and yep, he's playing with right. his gun, and he sh- it's very early on in the film, and it really establishes oh, the world she's in. Oh, that's right, yeah. And the camera sticks with them, and then the eventually rooftop, yeah. slowly pulls out, and you see all of these maids yeah. up on the roof. just like. And what that does is it establishes the world that she's in, the economic status of her, yeah. where she sits in regards to the, the universe. And yeah. it's it's... It's scenes like that where they go, this is this character without her going, I'm a maid, I work in an upper class household. You know, it's, yeah. and it's, they're just full credit. Sounds like a big short reference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the camera. Well, you can catch Roma. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix um, right now. It's it nominated is... for, I believe, what, 10 Oscar <laughs> nominations? A lot of nominations. A lot of nominations. And it's very, 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 very good. Do you think, having seen almost all of, other than Green Book, you've seen every single picture that is nominated which is funny because i picture. think green book might feel like really good yeah other, other than that would you say this is what you think is his best picture out of everything you've seen so far probably um it's funny that you say um it would be a snub for cinematography because mm-hmm. black klansman does have some great cinematography um yeah uh i don't think I don't think it has a. Is that, like, I don't think we'll be seeing Roma. Bohemian Rhapsody um, winning anything. I'm, uh, but you, um, you're talking about what you think actually would win. What I, do you think deserves to win, though? Probably, honestly, probably Roma or Black Klansman. Okay. Um, Black def- Klansman would be interesting to win. Yeah, I like Black Klansman a lot. Um, we watched it together. We did. Yeah. Um, I enjoy especially the last 15 minutes of that film i oh really gosh, enjoy that sucker punch of an ending yeah eh? um it's brutal but never it's seen, so clever never seen a theater that quiet yeah, that uncomfortable in too. credits yeah they're like uh, oh we, Vi- don't, we don't even live in america and they're like oh yeah like, <laughs> what have we yeah, done because well, it's the world we live in um <laughs> this film is brilliant and the fact it's on netflix is almost like a robbery in a way because it would have been an amazing yeah. cinematic experience. To That's see a good point, a, actually. A, that would have been fantastic theater. in a theater. But at the same time, I think Netflix—they're they're pushing so hard for this to be like their film. They want to be recognized by the Academy so badly. Yeah. And honestly, if this is the film they're going to do it with, fair game, yeah. fair game. Um, big thing is it's—it's it's, I reckon it's a must-watch. It's not difficult to watch, even with most of it ninety-nine. It's not in English. That's right. It isn't in English. Yeah. But you. You don't notice it, and I think I'm surprised they made the subtitles work because there's a lot of overlapping dialogue. It's also not centered, all of the the, the um right okay. the subtitles. That's they right. kind of actually flow with the image a little bit sometimes. Yeah, uh, like they'll put a subtitle in the bottom right or the bottom left. Or... I mean, they kind they kind of have to with um the way it's shot, like it's so elegantly shot. But it's a consideration. They want to it. Oh, exactly. It's um which I love, but yep, yeah, Rome is out on Netflix. Check it out. It's uh, it's it's brilliant. If you're a cinematographer, and actually, I forgot to mention this before we talked about it, before it was nominated, before anything, the very first person to tell me, "Hey, this film exists and you should watch it," was Damien. 
That, that does not remotely surprise me. Well, of course. Well, uh, uh, we know that he's very much a cinematographer at heart, so makes complete sense having well, watched it why thank you like, thank you Damien for solo for, um, uh, recommending this film to Jake yeah and then recommending it to me oh, well, there, well there we go That's I mean we're, we're, gonna, we're bound to catch it anyway but um, big shout out to Damien he was the very first person who said hey Jake check out Roma it's good cool alright so, um, new to the cinemas this week Jake new to the cinemas alright let's, let's have a cheeky gander um, so anyway you said Black Klansman you think I reckon Black watch out Black Klansman yeah, that would be very interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that. At this point, for me, it is between the favorite and Roma. Um, mm. I suppose in terms of what I think would actually win, I wouldn't be surprised if a star is born. To I be can't, honest, I'm not going to be happy with that. I know, I know, but I honestly, I feel like that's what's going to be. Anyway, new in cinemas this week. All right, so what do we got? So we got uh, BTS World Tour. Love yourself. In what is that? Soul. 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 Yeah. Let's just get rid of the E then. <laughs> Yes, South Korea. I'm get such, it, I'm such an asshole. <laughs> um, we got oh wow, we got Dragon Ball Super Broly. Some people are really keen for that. Some people are really keen for that. I've, my phone's blowing up. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, free Solo. That's a freeform climbing film. Um, okay. Kind of tempted to see it. Wow. It's gotten a bit of a, a bit of buzz. So. Okay. Uh, Green Book. Big one. For I think buzz. we should watch that together. I think we this should. Week. I'm always a Viggo Mortensen fan. We can talk about it. Anything with Viggo Mortensen. Very nice, very instant, nice. Instant. Well, that will complete your Oscar run for Best Picture. That'll be the first year ever yeah. I've watched every Oscar. I'm going for it. It's that and Vice. i got to just watch those two and then I'm good. I'm golden. I'm excited for that. Um, so what is this? Mao Mo'i, The Secret Mission. No clue what that is. Neither. Uh, In fact, a lot of these ones at the end here. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. We're getting punched with names today. Uh, Manny Karnika. Manikarnika, yep. uh, the Queen of uh, Johnson. Sounds like a Johnson. Bollywood film. It does sound like a Bollywood film, eh? That's uh, not. That's like they are. They do. I do get these straight off the uh, Australian cinema website. That's fair. So there's a good chance. Oh, I zoomed in here. Whoops. Um, all right, we got Thackeray. I'm Thackeray. Yeah, yes. I'm terrible today. Um, and the girl in the orange dress. Is that related to the girl in the dragon tattoo at all? Oh, who knows? <laughs> you never know at this rate. There's so many of those films. Um, so yeah, what interests you in that? For me, and then the I... mule at the at the end there. Oh, but you've already seen this though. I have seen the mule, um, but that came out like in the last week. So oh, okay, okay. Well, okay. The, mule, the mule's night. out as well. I saw it opening night. And Zeke, um, Zeke, Zeke, you recommend it even though you didn't really like it. I mean, if you're a Clint Eastwood fan, um, sure. There's some funny bad scenes in there. Okay. Um, there's some real clunky dialogue. Meme worthy. S- Okay, there is a shirtless ninety-year-old Clint Eastwood in this film. Oh, is it? Is it and he has a three-way with two topless women. Is it as gross as it sounds? It's pretty. Are, gross. They, are they ninety as well? Nope, they are. Okay, so big thing here we, here we with this film <laughs> that is just weird is Clint Eastwood's character is just a really nice guy, and he seems to pull women that are less than half his age in this film multiple times. There's like four times. Where it feels like, and sometimes I w- I went and saw it with um Callum Howman, who I've saw, I saw Vice with too, um, and we couldn't figure out if they were prostitutes or they were just women that were just really attracted to ninety year old Clint Eastwood. <laughs> kind of thought, okay, now I see what you mean. I kind of thought this now. But it's kind of yes. like you're sitting there. There is a legitimate scene where it's like there are two like has some good moments, has some bad moments. It's just I really wish. He had done. He directed, he's got talent of directing, like he does. Very talented director. But why did he have to be in this film? Like, surely he, you could. I mean, he, could, he, could, he clearly loves. Could, he clearly loves acting. That's, he does. Yeah, and but, they, how can you? How can you not like love that? Yeah. Too. It's like Christopher Lee was going until he passed away. That's true. Um. You know, Burt Reynolds was pretty active up until he passed away mm. too. It's like these, uh, these people. They they they're so dedicated to their craft. It's not about money for them it's oh, them absolutely. wanting to make more films because they love making films it's all they know it's like when rock stars tour until they pass away I mean would you work to 90 yeah yeah and I could be very out of touch by the time I get to 90 but I'll still be doing it um it's, I, an, it's a feat on its own isn't it it's, it's insane exactly um so anyway that's also out uh next week so I kind of butchered a lot of those names but that is our list uh, I think Green Book is our go to there yep. I don't really have any interest or know what any of those other films actually are that's that's fine who knows? One of them might come out of left field and enjoy it. Yeah, I might do some research. Well, and see next week, 
on the show. All right, next week we are watching da 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 American Animals. 2018's American Animals. How can I tell you if I'm in or I'm out without you telling me the first thing about what I might be in or out of? This would be something dangerous and very exciting. So there you go, you guys. Uh, get ready for that. The the reception I've gotten from this podcast is um, a lot of the people who intend to listen to the, the show very much want to prep with us in terms of whatever whatever film we're going to watch in the following week, they're going to catch it before the episode Absolutely. arises. So I love, I kind of love that. That's cool. Um, um, well, American Animals so is American, a film that yep. I and you have both really wanted to watch. It's not. It's, I'm now. so excited to have like a heist movie. I'm like, oh. Shout, so, shout out to Jesse Newell, who uh, I was with when I bought the film. From Newell Creative. Uh, from Newell Creative, exactly. Um, might have some more info with him as well. Bit of a logline for it. It's four young men mistake their lives for a movie and attempt one of the more most audacious heists in US history. The film was written and directed by Bart Layton. He is a first-time theatrical filmmaker with Ooh, this film. Okay. Um, he has been doing docos the whole time. Um, he was the doco behind the award-winning documentary *The Imposter*. Mm, that's um, recent too. That was about. It was about eight, eight years ago. Is this twenty? Is this twenty eighteen? On your little list, yeah. Oh, I think it was meant to be twenty twelve. Maybe it was twenty eighteen. Okay. I don't. I thought it was twenty twelve. Um, we don't know anything. But. <laughs> I've seen the first right. 15 minutes of that documentary, and it's a pretty cool opening. Okay. The Imposter. That's cool. Um, so I'm very, conv- you know, it's it's nice when someone who's a documentary maker tries the uh, theatrical. Yeah. When someone you got to dabble in everything, eh? Absolutely. So, I mean, I was Zeke Morgan Hind. I was Jake Diagrella, I this think, I hope. <laughs> this was the Cinema Sideshow podcast, and we'll uh, catch you next week with catch you next week American, American Animals. Animals. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs>